service where we're going to be. Galatians 5, if you're physically able, if you'll stand with me, we're going to read one verse. Galatians chapter number 5, we'll allow the children to be dismissed to junior church and to toddler church. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 1, the Bible says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Stand fast, therefore... He carries the idea of continue, stand fast, stay, stay in that place, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. I want to bring you a message, if you have a bulletin, the outline's on the back, if you have a bulletin, you've already seen the title, but I want to bring you a message this morning entitled, Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death. Father, I pray that you teach us and help us today. Father, I do ask and I pray if there be one here today without Christ or maybe even two or maybe several today, Lord. I pray that you'd help them to see the great need of their heart, the great need of their life today is to be saved. Father, I pray that they'll see that liberty has been provided. It has already been purchased. They just need to take it by faith. And so, Lord, I pray that you would, uh, your Holy Spirit would move in our midst today. Your Holy Spirit would convict and stir. And Father, I pray that you would do a work in our hearts today that only you can. Father, help our children next door. I pray the same for them. Help Miss Beverly as she teaches. And just use this time to be another opportunity to place the Word of God into their hearts today. Well, thank you for it. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. The word liberty, it means the state of being free from excuse me, oppressive restrictions imposed by authority on one way, excuse me, one's way of life. Uh, I am no historian by any means, uh, Brother Jeff Snow, that's his area of expertise. However, I do know what we celebrate this Tuesday. We celebrate liberty, we celebrate freedom, freedom which came about because men wanted to be free from the tyranny of King George, financially free, physically free, free as a nation. And although I understand that we are not as free as we used to be, or even as free as we think we are, we still have freedoms that most people groups only dream about. And in the days leading up to the war for independence on March 23, 1775, while addressing a Virginian convention, Patrick Henry made that famous quote. He said, Is life so dear? Or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. By the way, this isn't the message, but I would submit to us this morning that in a, in a sense, we, we have come to that place ourselves today. We have given up freedom for the... We have given up freedom for peace and security and safety. And I use quotes around those. We have given up many of our freedoms for that. He said, Is life so dear or peace so sweet 
as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. He said, Forbid it, Almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. Henry was saying that if he couldn't have freedom from the chains and slavery of King George, that he would just rather die. But the more sobering truth for us this morning, which we find in the Scriptures, is that without spiritual liberty, the only alternative is death. Without the liberty that is provided, that has been provided, as the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verse number 1, without the spiritual liberty that has been uh, offered to us by the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, without that, the only alternative is spiritual death. And spiritual liberty is found only in and provided only by the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I want us to see that here in the book of Galatians this morning. Give me liberty or give me death. And I want to ask you, if you're just very simple, this is simple today. Do you have liberty? Yes, I'm an American, I have liberty. That's not what we're talking about today. Do you have spiritual liberty? Now, by the way, a lot of people take Galatians chapter 5, verse number 1 and pervert it. To pervert it to say that we can live any way that we want to live, that we're under grace, we can do anything that we want to do. We'll, we'll prove that false in, at the end of the message. That's not really my message this morning. My message is simply this. Are you free spiritually this morning? Are you in Christ? Do you have the Lord Jesus Christ this morning? So number one this morning, I want us to see this. Number one, freedom has been purchased. Freedom, spiritual freedom, spiritual liberty has been purchased. As we think and as we'll think Tuesday about the national liberty that we have and it has been purchased or it was purchased by men who fought, men who even fought and died, but it was purchased by men who fought and hazarded their lives so that they could have national freedom, freedom from the tyranny of King George III. They fought for that and they purchased it. And I submit to us this morning that our spiritual freedom has already been purchased. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verse number 1, He says, Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. Now, the book of Galatians, if we went through the entirety of the book of Galatians, the book of Galatians, Paul is trying to get them to understand, and really he's rebuking them a little bit, because he taught them about Christ, and he taught them about salvation that's only through Christ, but there were some who had come in, and that we would call them Judaizers, legalizers, some who had come in, and they had added Jewish tradition, they had added Jewish works to salvation. By the way, that's what a true legalist is. People throw around that word legalism and they'll say, you're a legalist because you have standards or you're a legalist because you have rules. That's false. Legalism, biblical legalism is adding works to salvation. That's what biblical legalism is. And that's what was happening in the church at Galatia. These Judaizers were coming in and they were adding... the. Primarily, we're going to see it right here in the passage in the context, they were adding circumcision 
to salvation. Look what the Bible says in verse number 2. He says, Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised, that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. And by the way, that doesn't mean they had lost their salvation. That simply means they weren't trusting in grace. They were trusting in law. They had, they were, they had fallen from the doctrine of grace and they were trusting in the law instead of grace. Grace is provided. Grace is available. But you don't want it, Paul is saying. You want the law. You want to keep the law and the Ten Commandments. And by the way, in the book of Galatians, Paul says, look, it's not that the law is bad. It's not that the law wasn't glorious. By the way, in the book of Galatians, he said the law was glorious, but the law never saved anybody. It was the blood of Jesus Christ. It was faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 5, For we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ, don't, don't miss this, for in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but, but what? but faith which worketh by love. And so number one, freedom has been purchased. It has been purchased, first of all, by the resurrected Redeemer. It has been purchased, first of all, by the resurrected Redeemer. Look back at Galatians chapter 1, if you will. Galatians chapter 1. We know here in Galatians 5, verse number 1, He says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. It has been purchased by Christ. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 1 and verse number 1, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man. Look, I'm not an apostle because some man said I was an apostle. I'm an apostle because Jesus Christ called me. Jesus Christ set me apart to be an apostle. He says, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, notice this, who, what's the next word? Raised. Who raised Him from the dead. And so first of all, freedom has been purchased by the resurrected Redeemer. He died on the cross of Calvary. He, He shed His blood. He was buried. Three days later, He came victoriously out of that grave. And the Bible says here, Paul tells the Galatians, look, God raised Him from the dead. Verse 4 of Galatians 1, "...who gave Himself for our sins..." that He might deliver us. Brother Hunter mentioned this verse on Tuesday night. He said, Who gave Himself for our sins, that He might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. Look at chapter number 3. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Galatians 3, verse number 13. Christ hath redeemed us. We are redeemed. Our freedom has been purchased by the resurrected, Galatians 1, 1, Redeemer, Galatians 3.13, the one who has bought us. Christ hath redeemed us, bought us back, bought us out, paid the price from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree. Freedom has been purchased by the resurrected Redeemer. By the way, take your Bibles and let's go back just a little bit further to the left. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, freedom has been purchased by the resurrected Redeemer. I don't have to purchase it for myself. I don't have liberty in and of myself. 
I have liberty in Christ. I have freedom in Christ. I have freedom from the bondage of sin. I have freedom from the bondage that that the law showed me. The law was a schoolmaster and it showed me my sin. It showed me what I did wrong. It showed me that I was bound in sin. But I've been freed from that. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 verse number 1. The Bible says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. How are we saved? We're saved by the gospel. If ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. And then he's going to tell us what the gospel is. Verse number 3. He says, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. How that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to what? To the Scriptures, that's important. According to the Scriptures, not just because some man saw Him, not just because there there was necessarily human evidence, but because the Scriptures said this was going to happen. He was going to die for our sins. He was buried. He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Freedom has been purchased by the resurrected Redeemer. Secondly, it has been purchased by the substitutionary Savior. It has been same person, by the way. We know that. By the resurrected Redeemer. Secondly, by the substitutionary Savior. We read in Galatians chapter number 1 and verse number 4. The Bible says, Who gave Himself for our sins. He gave Himself. He was my substitute. He was and is my propitiation. Luke chapter number 22 and verses 19 and 20 And the Bible says there at the Last Supper, we call it the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper, and He took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave it to them saying, This is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And then in verse number 20, He says, Likewise also the cup after supper saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for you by the substitutionary Savior. Take your Bibles and go to 1 Peter 1. Would you do that real quickly? 1 Peter chapter number 1. Freedom has been purchased by the resurrected Redeemer. Freedom has been purchased by the substitutionary Savior. And dear friend, there's nothing I can add to that. Well, I have to be baptized. I have to be a good person. We read in 1 Corinthians 15. Did you read anything about baptism in 1 Corinthians 15? Baptism is not part of the gospel. By the way, the Apostle Paul, he said, God sent me not to baptize. He sent me to preach the gospel. And so there he's saying, look, God sent me to, to, to preach the gospel, not to baptize. Baptism's not part of the gospel. I don't get saved by my baptism. Is baptism important? Absolutely. It identifies me with the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's not part of my salvation. I, don't, I can't. I can't add anything to what Christ has already done. 1 Peter chapter number 1, verse number 18, the Bible says, For as much as you know that you are not, what's the word there? Redeemed. The redeemed by the resurrected Redeemer. My freedom has been purchased. For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but... But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. That's why the Bible says in Acts chapter number 20 that the church is so important and the church is so valuable and why we should guard it and protect it and why the flock is so valuable because it was purchased by His blood. That's why it's so valuable. 
And he says here, look, we, we weren't purchased by corruptible things, but by incorruptible, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Look at chapter number 2 of 1 Peter. Chapter number 2 of 1 Peter, verse 21. For even, excuse me, for even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us. For us. Did you have anybody do anything for you this week? Probably did. Think about it. Anybody do anything for you this week? Now they didn't do it for me this week. They did it for the Lord Jesus Christ. But every single day of this week, I was overwhelmed once and again by the number of workers that we had every morning and every night. That overwhelms me. They weren't doing it for me. They were doing it for Him. You ever had anybody do anything for you? And the Bible says here that He suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow His steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in His mouth. Who, when He was reviled, reviled not again. When He suffered, He threatened not, but committed Himself to him that judgeth righteously. Who is that? That was the Father. He committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Verse 24. Who? His own self. Bear, excuse me. Bear our sins in his own body on the tree. That we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed. Number one. Freedom has been purchased been purchased I can't add anything to it I can't add any money to it I can't add any actions to it it's been purchased by the resurrected redeemer by the substitutionary savior it's there it's been bought it's been paid for it's available to anyone by the way American Chinese Russian African it's available to anyone that's the liberty that anyone can have Number one, freedom has been purchased. But number two, faith must be placed. The freedom has been purchased. The liberty. He said, stand fast therefore. He's telling these Jews. He said, look, don't go, don't, don't go back to the law. Don't listen to these Judaizers. Don't listen to these legalizers that want to take you back to the traditions of the law. And they want you to be circumcised as part of salvation. Don't go back to that. You're free in Christ. You don't have to go back to that bondage. You don't have to go back to those customs and the days and all the different things that those Pharisees and the, and the church fathers placed upon you. No, no, no. He said you're free in Christ. It's the blood of Christ, not the law. But listen, although freedom has been purchased, our faith has to be placed. It has to be placed in the Lord for our liberty. It has to be placed in the Lord in order for us to have liberty. Look what the Bible says here. Go back just a couple of pages if you're there. If you're still in 1 Peter, let's go back to Galatians. And let's go to Galatians chapter number 2. Faith must be placed. In Galatians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul is telling what happened to him and his conversion and 
how he became an apostle. He was called by God. And then in verse number 23, and he speaks about the fact that many did not believe who he was and they knew he was a persecutor and they didn't believe that now he's a preacher. But notice what verse 23 says of chapter 1. It says, But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preacheth the what? The faith which once he destroyed. Chapter number 2, verse number 16. It says, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Was the law a bad thing? No, the, the law was a schoolmaster. By the way, in the New Testament, when Jesus Christ said, said all of the law can, can, can be wound up in, in two commandments. Love the, Lord, love the Lord Jesus Christ or love God with all your heart, soul, and mind and love thy neighbor as thyself. You know what that was? That was just a summation of the Ten Commandments. Because if you go back to the Ten Commandments, the first six are all directed toward God and our love for Him. Have no other gods. Honor the Sabbath. They're all toward God. And then the last four is toward man. Don't steal, don't kill, don't covet, don't bear false witness. Okay, so love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. Love thy neighbor as thyself. That's just the Ten Commandments summarized in two. So he wasn't getting rid of the law. He just bound them up in two. We're still supposed to be reverent toward God. We're still supposed to love man and not offend man. And they're just bound up in two. He didn't get rid of the law. But the law was our schoolmaster showing us our sin. And the Bible says that no man is justified, made right before God. We've, we've heard the little phrase for justification, just as if I had never sinned. We are made right with God and in the sight of God. And he says in verse number 16, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. He said, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Look at verse number 20. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Chapter number 3, Galatians 3 verse 22. Galatians 3 verse 22, the Bible says, But the Scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by what? By faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under, under the law, shut up under the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by what? By faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster, for you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. We already read chapter 5, verses 2 through 6. Faith must be placed in the Lord for our liberty. Give me liberty or give me death. You never have liberty without placing your faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Take your Bibles and go back to Romans chapter 4. This will be the last place I'll have you go. Then we'll come back to Galatians 5 and we'll finish up. 
Romans chapter number 4. Excuse me. Freedom has been purchased. Faith must be placed. It must be placed in the resurrected Redeemer, in the substitutionary Savior. It must be placed in Him alone. I can't place my faith in myself for salvation. So many people are doing that. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm better than Alex. Surely I'll get to heaven. I'm better than him. And then Alex might say, well, goodness, I'm better than Jacob. I know I'm getting to heaven. And then Jacob was like, well, you know, Andrew, if he thinks he's going to heaven, then I'm surely going to heaven. It's not based on who we are. It's not based on what we do. It's based on what He did. And it's based on being in Christ. He said, stand fast in the liberty wherewith we have been made free. By who? Christ. Look, my faith must be placed in the Lord for my liberty. Romans chapter number 4. Verse number 1, the Bible says, what shall we say then? And, and, and by the way, this is mentioned in the book of Galatians. He mentions Abraham over and over and over again. And we, we're not going to read the entirety of Galatians. But here in Romans chapter 4, he talks about patriarchs. He talks about Abraham and David. And he says, what shall we say then that Abraham our father is pertaining to the flesh hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. He says, okay, what does the Scripture say? What does the Scripture say about Abraham? And so he goes back to Genesis chapter 15, verse number 6, and he said, this is what the Scripture says about Abraham. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Righteousness was imputed. It was put on his account by his works. No, by faith. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Abraham's probably the greatest of the patriarchs. Surely he was saved by works. But you know Genesis 15, where it says Abraham believed and it was counted to him for righteousness, was before the law even came. It's before the Ten Commandments ever came. Verse 4. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man. By the way, in Galatians, he uses that word blessedness. He said, he said where's your blessedness? If you're going back to the law, there's no blessedness in that. You don't have any blessedness in the law. And he says, But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for... Or excuse me, verse 6. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. We know that word impute, it means to put on somebody's account. It's an accounting word. Saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Cometh this blessedness then upon the circumcision only, the Jews, the circumcision only, or upon the uncircumcision also, Gentiles as well? For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How was it then reckoned? 
when he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision. Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised. Why do we sing Father Abraham? Because, because it just wears the kids out. Okay, that's one reason. Well, why do we sing Father Abraham? Because Abraham is the father of all who believe. He believed and he was counted righteous. Though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. Verse 12, And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had been yet uncircumcised. Freedom has been purchased. Faith must be placed in the Lord, in the Lord Jesus Christ, in His shed blood, in His death, burial, and resurrection. My faith must be placed in Him and Him alone for my liberty. So I ask you again, are you free today? Are you free? You see, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, where it says, Stand fast in the liberty. We have liberty to do right. We don't have liberty to go back to the law or to go back to sin. We have liberty to do right. We're free in Christ. Look, I, I don't do the things I do as a Christian because I'm, I'm bound and, and boy, I just live under bondage and dictatorship. No, no, I am free in Christ and I'm free in His Word. I'm free to do that which is right. Pastor, I don't believe it. I think Galatians 5.1 is saying that we're free to do whatever we want because we're in Christ and we're under grace. Okay, then what's the rest of the chapter all about? It's about walking in the Spirit and not fulfilling what? The lust of the flesh. Let me give you a third one and I just want to hit this real quickly and we're done because really my message was number one and number two. Freedom has been purchased but our faith must be placed. Let me ask you have, you, have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ? Not in this church. I love this church. And I love our people. I love the people God has placed here together. God's people here in this church. I love this place. But I'm not getting to heaven because of this place. I love the church I grew up in when I was a little boy. When, when Pastor Stark was my pastor. I love that church. I have nothing but good memories of that church. And by the way, when you're little, you only have good memories, right? You don't get to see all the goofy stuff that happens with the adults, right? And so it's just all good memories. You know, you go, go to church and you learn your Bible lesson, you say memory verses, and then Sunday night after church you just play. And so it's just all fun. But I love that church, but I'm not saved. I'm not headed to heaven because of New Union Baptist Church or because of Pastor Tony Stark or because of Maranatha Baptist Church or because of the baptistry. Actually, I didn't even get baptized in a baptistry. I got baptized in a river. I'm not saved because of any of that. I'm not saved because my granddaddy helped start New Union Baptist Church. I'm not saved because my, my granddaddy put up the vast chunk of the money to build the church building there. I'm not saved because of that. I'm saved because at nine years old, I placed my faith and my belief, and my trust for the forgiveness of my sin, 
I placed it in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And that's what everyone has to do. Freedom has been purchased. Faith must be placed. Give me liberty or give me death. Without spiritual liberty, the only alternative is spiritual death. Do you have spiritual liberty this morning? Number three, freedom has been purchased. Faith must be placed. And thirdly, fruit should be produced. Just real quickly, look at verse number 16. Verse 15, he's talking about devouring one another, but if you bite and devour. Then in verse 16, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Verse 17, For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit. See, I'm in bondage with the flesh. I'm free in Christ. He says, For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, envyings, or excuse me, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. I tell you what, a lot of pastors have trouble with that one in verse number 21 today, drunkenness. Now, who thought we'd be arguing about, about liquor in the church? Liquor's bad. He says, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in the time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. I mean, you, know, you know what the Spirit does? The Spirit increases our faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The more we hear the Word of God and the, 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 the Scriptures and the Spirit working in tandem, meekness, temperance against such. There is no law, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. Freedom has been purchased. It's purchased by the, excuse me, the resurrected Redeemer, by the substitutionary Savior. It's been purchased but we have to place our faith in it. Have you placed your faith in the Lord for your liberty? If you haven't, would you do that today? Maybe you're here today and you're trusting how you've grown up. I'm thankful for how a lot of our kids are growing up. I'm thankful for that. But don't, don't, don't place your faith in that as far as your salvation. Maybe you're trusting. Maybe you got baptized when you were 10 or 11 or 12 or whatever, 13. Well, I got baptized. Okay, but did you get saved before you got baptized? Maybe you're placing your faith in the fact that your name has been on the rolls of this church for decades. It doesn't matter if your name's on the roll of Maranatha Baptist Church. It does matter if your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's the one that matters. Have you placed your faith in the finished work of Christ? The freedom has been purchased. And then if you have this morning for us as believers, fruit should be produced. We don't have liberty to do wrong and to sin. No, no, no. We have liberty to do right. We have liberty to walk in the Spirit, to fulfill not the lust of the flesh, but to fulfill the fruit of the Spirit. Give me liberty. Give me death. By the way, let me say this for us as believers. 
when we don't walk in the liberty that Christ provides after salvation, we don't walk in the Spirit, we don't lose our salvation. But boy, our Christian lives suffer, don't they? We sang a song with the kids this week. Uh, the theme was growing with our faithful God. And we sang the song, read your Bible, pray every day. And you what? Grow, grow, grow. And then the, the other verse, don't read your Bible, forget to pray, forget to pray. And you do what? You shrink, shrink, shrink. Give me liberty or give me death. Friend, if you don't know Christ, you're not walking at liberty today. You may be free as an American, but spiritually you're in bondage. Spiritually, you're under the bondage of sin and the dictatorship of sin. And the only alternative is death. Spiritual death, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. Why don't you get that right today? Be free today. Be at liberty today. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith we have been made free in Christ Jesus. Father, help us today. Lord, if there's one here today without Christ, Father, help them to be honest and help them to come by faith to the Lord Jesus Christ today. Father, for us as believers, I know it wasn't the crux of the message per se, but Father, we should be producing fruit. Galatians 5.1 is not about us living, living free in sin and lasciviousness and living the way we want to live because we have grace. It's about being free to do right and to produce the fruit of the Spirit because we're free in You. So Father, help today. I pray that Your Holy Spirit has moved and stirred Lord, if He has, I pray that we would do business. I pray that we would move. That our feet would move from the place where we're standing today. And we would do business with You today. Help, Lord, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let me ask a couple questions real quickly. Let me, just one question. And then we'll have a time of invitation. How many this morning? Would there be anybody? Man, woman, teenager, anybody at all? You say, Pastor, if I were to be totally honest, and I am being totally honest right now, Pastor, I'm not spiritually free right now. I don't have any spiritual liberty right now. I'm under the bondage of sin. I've never placed my faith in Jesus Christ for my salvation, but I know I need to do that. With a raised hand, you would say, Pastor, pray for me. That's me today. I've never, I know, I know the, I saw this morning that freedom has been purchased for me, but I've never placed my faith in the one who purchased it. And I need to do that today. Would there be anybody, man, woman, teenager, you'd raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I don't want you to embarrass me, but I want you to pray for me. That's me, Pastor. I've never been saved. Anybody at all? All right, let's stand to our feet, heads bowed and eyes closed. Miss Joe's at the piano. She's going to begin to play. If you need to come for whatever reason, maybe you're a believer and you say, whew, I need to be producing fruit. I need to be walking in the Spirit. Nobody raised the hand about the matter of salvation. But if you're here today and you know in your heart, even though you didn't raise your hand, you know freedom has been purchased, but you've never placed your faith. Would you come today? Would you come and get that settled? Would you come and leave today no longer enslaved, no longer chained and fettered by the bondage of sin, but now free, free in Jesus Christ?
some of you this morning, maybe even a believer in here this morning, you know that you're saved, but there's a specific sin that has a hold on you. You can't do anything during a day without thinking about it. Maybe it is alcohol. Maybe it's pornography. Whatever. But you can't, you, you can't go an hour of the day without thinking of that specific sin. It has a hold on you. It has you in bondage. Jesus Christ is the only one that can free you this morning. It's not ten steps to a better life. No, no, no. It's Jesus Christ. Jesus, I come to you, the song says. It's the only place we can go. Amen. Thank you so much for your attendance today. Thank you so much for your attention. And I hope you'll be back tonight at 5 o'clock. Y'all having choir practice? 445 for choir and then 5 o'clock here for the service. And we're going to have a good time tonight. Looking forward to acknowledging and recognizing the kids. And then uh, for the missionary, Brother Mike Ring. He's been our missionary for a long, long time. And looking forward to hearing from him tonight. And then just the time of fellowship afterwards. So if you would, come tonight and come prepared to stay. Bring food, bring fireworks. And we'll have a good time of fellowship after the service. Let's pray. We'll be dismissed. Listen, dear friend, if you're here and you know that you're not saved, you're not walking in liberty today, you're bound by sin. Don't you leave here today. You come and talk to me before you leave. You come and say, Pastor, I'm, I'm not walking in liberty. I'm not free. I'm still shackled by sin. Jesus Christ came to free us, to set the captives free to bind up the wounded, to, to, to release the captives. That's what he came to do. And he can do that for you today. Brother Roma Antonizza, you dismiss us, please, sir.